Amen. Hallelujah. 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 I don't know how these uh, microphones are going to work today. Hopefully this will not cut off. Help me, Jesus. Thank you, Glenn. Praise the Lord. Wonderful morning. Authority. We're going to talk about prayer. I was really seeking the Lord about uh, what we would be ministering on today because, you know, we've talked about the uh, Him being our, our refuge, our strength, our very present help in trouble. That was a good one. And we talked, to, even before then, we talked about, well, I think it was that one. I get, kind of get all running in my head. But last week we talked about the blessings of praising God. And uh, woven inside of all these messages are revelation that the Lord has put in my heart in relating to Father God. So I want to talk about that. Anyway, today the message is, get this, this is a wild title. Jesus calls us into his prayer life. Jesus calls us into his prayer life. And his prayer life includes intimacy, authority, perseverance, and watching. The next slide says this. If, you don't know what we're, if we don't know what we're supposed to experience from praying, we focus on getting something more than knowing someone. Can I get an amen here? Now listen, there's plenty in the Bible about getting something. Plenty. Ask, seek, knock. The continued asking, continued seeking. But as you see in like Paul's life, as you see it in, in different ones, it's really the knowing. The knowing God's heart, knowing God's will, and understanding who he is. And there's this, some, this the delight that rises up in the heart. I remember I was at this, uh, I did a, up in, uh, you were there, we were in Lake Erie, and uh, we're, I was doing one of my worship conferences, and uh, at the very end of the time, you know, there was a, it was a little different because they wanted me to, it's usually done just for, for worship teams and worship leaders and stuff, but that's where the real heavy anointing uh, of this thing works, but there was a bunch of people there that were just, you know, not involved in worship teams, and it was okay, you know, and anyway, there were some that were involved in, in worship teams and stuff. Anyway, there's this uh, lady, she was sitting there, and she was like, you know, just all kind of buying in some and stuff. And then at the very end, I finished this thing. I finished this thing, and I get to the end, and I say this. I said, now, I'm going to stay up here. We're going to dismiss, but I'm going to be here. There's going to be some gentle, you know, sweet music playing, and I'm going to be here. And if anybody wants prayer, um, any kind of prophetic prayer, I'll be here. And, uh, and um, when we finish that, we'll be done, done, right? Well, this line forms like you wouldn't believe. And it, this is the, I learned this. I learned this kind of a thing. I said, you can tell me what you want prayer for or not, but you can't come up here asking just, Lord, bless me. Because you're just going to get oil on your forehead and that's it. But if you come with a specific expectation, a specific expectation, and you want God to speak to you, then it'll draw forth that anointing and, and we'll have a good time in what God wants to do. So everybody was coming up. Some would say, I'm not telling them, and they'd just stand there and I'd start prophesying. And it was great. This Finally, this lady comes up. <laughs> this lady, it's like she pulls out a Christmas list of all the things she wants. You know, including a husband, all kinds of stuff, you know. It's just going on and on about a new job, you know, all this stuff. 
And I'm looking at this thing, and it's just, you know, mental. It's like this mental list. And I, I said, I just, just for a moment, I quieted my heart and said, what do you want, Lord? What do you want me to say? And the Lord showed me a picture. I saw Jesus with this waltz playing in the background. I saw Jesus standing in the middle, standing in the middle of a ballroom. And he had his hand out for her to come and dance with him. And before I said anything, I said, I just saw a picture of you standing on the st- in a ballroom and there's Jesus in the middle of the dance floor and he has his hand out for you and he wants you to come and dance. And she went like this. <laughs> she just started crying and the list didn't mean anything. It was the relationship with a God who wants to dance with you. A God who wants to take you into his arms and love you and experience the joy of who he is. So if we don't, if we don't know who he, if we don't understand the true experience of prayer, we'll have a big list. And we'll think what's on that list will make it all happen for us when it's not the fulfillment of the list that makes it happen. It's the fulfillment of the person's love in your life. There was some time back we were in the other building praying. I remember you were there. We were, we were praying and we had this big long list. It was an intercession time, a time of prayer. And we had all these things we wanted to cover in intercession. But before we did that, we started entering into the presence of God. It was just, we were praying in the Spirit. We were just loving the Lord. We were praying in the Spirit, loving the Lord, praying in the Spirit. Deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And God just covered us. And then the Holy Spirit said, I took care of the list. We're living in trying days. Hebrews 12, 26 through 29 says that, this is referring back at uh, Mount Sinai. It says, at that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of the things that are shaken, that is, the things that have been made in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Somebody say amen. And let us offer to God an acceptable worship with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. So this is a context that we're in today. We're in a day that things are shaking. How many of you say yes? I understand that. But I want us to look at Jesus inviting us or calling us into his prayer life. And I want to say on the, just to establish this, Romans eight thirty four says, who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who was at the right hand of God, Everybody can say, who indeed is interceding for us? So we have Jesus. Just somebody say, thank you, Lord, for praying for me. Jesus Christ is interceding for us because we're not all that. We're not all that. We're just not all that. We're just not all that. I remember uh, going through a season of... um, uh, Heather and I were going through a lot of the ministry, receiving ministry from the cleansing stream uh, rest- uh, ministry there. And uh, I was beginning to understand that many of the problems of our life and my life and had nothing to do with, with just 
simple little problems that I could make adjustments to. They had to do with root issues in my life that, like we were praying a minute ago, something down deep that held me back to the pains and hurts and broodings of my past. And, and I begin to go deeper and deeper and deeper in understanding this. And as I begin to get free, and the Lord, you know, all this, all this time I knew I could get saved by putting my trust in Jesus, but I didn't know how he freed people, how he delivered. There was a set of truths in the Bible that taught me about that. And I began to learn about that and then the prophet I went to North Carolina and Donald Moore prophet uh, prophesied he spoke this beautiful message and then at the end of the service he's so cute the way southern talk he said brother Rogers says I see that the Lord has taken you into the deeper waters the deeper waters how many want to go to the deeper waters says, he's going to take you to the deeper waters. And I've been involved in a ministry called the Cleansing Streams. He says, he's going to take you to the deeper waters. You've been faithful in what you've received, but now he's going to take you into the deeper waters. I believe part of that has to do with this, intimacy. Communion-centered prayer. John 10, 27 through 30 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Let's just enjoy that for a minute. John 17, 21 through uh, 23 says, they, That they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me, and then down to 23, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Now, I'm talking about intimacy, and I'm talking about being one with the Lord. I'm talking about this intimate communication with God, and I wanna put this next slide up and ask you this question. Why is your intimacy with Father God so important to Jesus? And I want to answer that question by asking another question. What if your life was consumed with the love of the one who loves you the most? What if your life was consumed with the love of the one who loves you the most. What if your life was consumed by the, with the love of the one who loves you the most? Can you say that? What if your life was consumed with the love of the one who loves you the most? Jesus came to show us the Father. So Jesus telling us loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength is about the greatest release of life-giving love ever poured into your whole being. It's not about a law. It's about him. So God's unconditional love given through Jesus displayed on the cross fills us with this incomprehensible love. How many of you have tasted of the love of the Lord? How many of you have how many of you realize that I gotta have more and more? I think he sets us up for that. Aren't you happy that in heaven it never stops? It's on and on, come on. So knowing this, see what made Jesus' prayer life his prayer life? 
He had this love. He had the Father's love. The Father's love motivated everything. Are you hearing me? It's so easy for us to look at prayer and talk about prayer as some ritual or something that you have to go do and to punch your card and say, okay, I did that, and go on just as dry and just as empty and just as religiously dead as ever. But you can know that there's one who deeply loves you and values you and wants to be with you. And I didn't hear one amen. I tell you, what's going on here? So Mark 1 34 says he healed many of the sick and, you know, cast out demons and they wouldn't permit the demons to speak because they knew him. And then 35 says this, and rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place and there he prayed. And then, of course, it says after that, Simon and those who were searching for him, they went out and found him and said, hey, everybody's looking for you. Everybody say intimacy. He wanted to be alone. He even taught us in Matthew 6, 6. He said, but you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees you will reward you openly. I know what it's like to uh, sit there and not really know what's going on. How many of you just sit there like, okay, I'm here to pray, but I don't know what to do. And I've shared this before. I think it's, I just think it's funny because one time I was going to have my quote-unquote devotions. And the Lord whispered to me and he said, I love you. And I said, I'm doing my devotions. <laughs> and he said it again, I love you. And I realized he's actually expressing devotion. How many of you, you know, so, so let's take away the religious idea of prayer and just say, it's a love chat. It's somebody who loves you so deeply and so thoroughly, and he just wants to invade your life. It's not a religious thing at all. It's a life-giving, love-filled relationship. Get alone and love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength, and just love him and love him and love him and love him and love him. And then love him some more. And then love him some more. Because you were made for that. And when you get to heaven, you're going to know, oh my God, I wish I'd have been doing this on earth all this time. I just love him so much. Don't miss out now. Don't be religious. I love this. I'm going to put, put up this next one. Psalm 66, 18 says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. Now look at this. Always remember. Always remember. Always and never forget. Always remember. I'm having fun with you. Always remember. Please remember this. That the only things Father God convicts you of is whatever robs the joy of who he is from your life. Come on, get that inside of you. The only thing he ever convicts you of is what's going to rob the joy of who he is from your life. He just wants you and him to be one as Jesus prayed, one. We want to be one. And you know what happens when, you, when, you, when that love is going on? It just shines out. It shines out. We talked a while back about the lesser lights, the, the, the moon that, to rule the night. People need to see when they're in thick darkness that the moon comes walking up. You're a reflection. Why? Because you're one with the one who loves you. Always remember, the only things Father God convicts you of is whatever robs the joy of who he is from your life. 
Let's skip down. Intimacy unto authority. So the first thing is intimacy. The second one is intimacy unto authority. This is the first one's communal centered prayer. This is kingdom centered prayer. John eleven forty one through forty three says this, and you remember the story as soon as I say it. And so they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Intimacy, I know you always hear me. Now authority is going to manifest. And for the sake of everybody here, hearing my voice, they'll know that you sent me. That this chat that we have in private, now I'm bringing it into the open. I want everybody here to know where this authority comes from. Because you have sent me and I'm representing you. All authority comes from you. And as you're saying this to me right now, I declare it and life manifests. Life comes forth. I learned a while back, because I would just like that story we talked about, going in and uh, having a big list and wanting to pray. And let me go ahead and tell you, having a big list is fine. Especially if it's helping, sir. It helps you remind, remind you of who to pray, things you want to pray for. But it really only, man, it really works when the Lord refreshes your own spirit and you're, you're just soaked in his love and you're overflowing in that spirit. There's a, there's a moment when we sit down and we want to pray and we start and suddenly there's, a, there's this filling, there's this intimacy, there's this connection, there's this overflow, there's this work of the spirit that comes. And then it's all easy and it begins to flow and I, I learned a phrase a long time ago. I read it in a book somewhere, and it helped me so much. It was the word warring from a place of intimacy. That when you're going to do some heavy-duty prayer, you just kind of get right close to Jesus. And as you're praying, you're, you're feeling like, okay, I'm here, and then a few angels show up, and you're there. And then the Lord whispers, take my scepter, and you take his scepter now you have some authority, right? Because you're hanging out with Jesus, right? You, and now he says, now, say it. And you say it, and you know things have changed. How many of you had moments where you know when you've said the thing that the Lord's put in your heart to pray, and you pray that, and next thing you know, things change around you. People change. Circumstances change. Mostly you change. Intimacy unto authority. Our Father in heaven, intimacy, hallowed be thy name. Intimacy, our Father in heaven, holy, holy is your name. Oh, Father God, holy authority, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That yielding to his spirit and what he wants to do. Luke 10, 19 says it this way. It says, behold, I have given you authority to trample, to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. And in James, there's this little 
part of a verse here, the fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I love this. And then it explains how. Elijah. We, we read the Bible and we see Elijah and he's like raises somebody from the dead. He's doing all these miracles. And you get in the New Testament and they says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Do you know why we know that? Because he had just done this mighty miracle revival type moment with the false prophets of Baal. The power of God came and he, it's, he pours all the water on the sacrifice. This fire comes out of heaven and consumes the sacrifice. He ends up slaying all these false prophets. Big day. Big day. What happens when you have a big day? You use a lot of adrenaline. After the big day, you have a low moment. He's in a low moment. And Jezebel says, by this time tomorrow, the same thing you did to them will be done to you. Hits him at a low moment. He starts running in fear. His expectation of this great revival didn't happen. He had his expectancy that his obedience would produce a certain result. Hello, hello, hello. How many of you had done something and thought a certain result happened, but the Lord was looking for faithfulness, not for the result? Hello, 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 hello. A man with a nature like ours, a low adrenal, fearful fella on the run from a fake threat. Sounds like what's going on today, doesn't it? But the fervent prayer, righteous, by the way, just means that somebody who's been set, you, when you put your faith in Jesus, he declares you, you're made right with God. And this is a fervent prayer. And there's the, the, the Greek word there is like uh, water boiling on a pot. It's just, there's a lot of passionate, it's boiling up. Fervent, fervent prayer. And it avails, it avails much. So it says he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. And then he prayed and the heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. Now let's go to the next way, just using the same analogy. Everybody say this, intimacy unto authority with perseverance. Now this is, we're thickening the, the pudding now, Right? Because sometimes it's one statement and you say that one statement, everything changes. And there's other times when it's like, okay, this is an assignment of prayer to stand in the gap and to do this consistently and until we bring a breakthrough. Are you there? So 1 Kings 18, 43 through 44. And he said to his servant, go up now and look toward the sea. Now this is, this is Elijah now. He's gone up to a mountain. And he's up, now he's doing the, everybody say persevering prayer. Now he's praying. He's in a position as if he's giving birth. He's like a woman down, and he's got his head down between his knees, kind of like he's like, you know, praying, 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 pushing. He's like he's giving birth to something. He's praying, he's praying, he's persevering, he's praying, he's persevering. And uh, his servant went up and looked, and he said, there's nothing. How many of you prayed before? There's nothing. Then you go back to praying some more, and you're praying some more. 
They're still the same. Pray some more. Pray some more. The Lord showed me to pray this. I'm going to pray until it comes to pass. Is there anything? Nothing. Oh, God, let's pray some more. Let's pray. Everybody say perseverance. The, the atmosphere of the world hasn't changed, but dear, so listen, in the midst of the thick darkness, there's a great work of the Spirit of God coming. And there are people that are lost. Did you know, just in the news, I forget how many, 200 people got baptized in the Pacific Ocean and Huntington Beach came to Jesus. In thick darkness, all that's going on, people are turning. One, one worship leader guy says, I think it's like another Jesus movement. In the midst of thick darkness... The light comes. Tell the person next to you, persevere, baby, persevere, baby. Come on, persevere, baby. Don't be weary in well-doing. Don't be weary in well-doing. Lift up the hands that hang down. Let's stand in the gap. Let's be the people. Oh, wow. Would you just lift your head up right now? I just felt the Lord saying, I'm release a breath. Just allow the peace the Lord fill you, refresh you. I feel like the Lord says, I'm going to breathe on your, my people right now. I'm just going to give them a sense of I'm here saying what I'm saying to re- release into you the refreshing you need to go the distance. Praise you, Jesus. Just drink it in, drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in. Set your body in a position to receive Receive, receive. Now just with a gentle voice, just begin lift up praise. Just go ahead and praise him gently. Just praise him. Say more, Lord. More and more of your impartation or the breath of God. The breath of God. The breath of God. Life-giving breath. Life-giving breath. He comes to the Valley of Dry Bones, raises up a brand new army out of the midst of what's broken down. He says, I'm going to make a new body of believers in the midst of this time and it caused them to be filled with the glory filled with the power of God hallelujah 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 new anointing coming on you you want it it's yours get serious more serious you're serious but get more serious it's coming it's coming you're going to see those kids turn to Christ is happening man praise the Lord praise the Lord he looked up he said what is there he says you see nothing he says go again go again he went back nothing go again went back nothing go again went back nothing go again come on faith is in there go again Nothing, go again. Nothing, go again. Nothing, hey, there's a little cloud. Like a man's hand rising from the sea. He says, now go until Ahab. Prepare your chariot and go down, lest the rain stop you. How many want a mighty move of God? How many want a mighty move of God in this town? We didn't get the Graham Association coming by, but guess what? People are hungry. Let's just lift our hearts again. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Wow. Okay. Um, last week I had some people say that the, the spirit of heaviness left them, just left them. This is, I feel like the Lord's saying, this message is a readjustment. He's adjusting our hearts.
He's saying, I want to adjust your understanding of what the intimacy of prayer that brings this authority, that you will walk with me and persevere, and I will cause things to happen in your midst. Just get settled in that this is how Jesus prays. And Jesus even said it in Luke 18, 1 through 8. He told the parable to the effect that they always ought to pray and not lose heart. And he said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him. Give me justice against my adversary. And for a while, he refused. But afterward, he said, you know, though I neither fear God nor respect man yet, because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear the unrighteous judge. And now, and will not God give justice to the elect who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith in the earth? Everybody say, yes, you're going to find it in me. Come on. Yes, you're going to find it in me. I will cry out to you day and night. I will ask for the things that you want in this planet. I will be the person that says, yes. And when I'm worn down, I'll still say, Lord, come and fill me with that closeness. Just like when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he just needed it. I jumped to the, the last one here. Everybody say, intimacy unto authority with perseverance while watching now there's another anointing on just watching and seeing what's happening the Lord opens your eyes to see you see all these things with your natural eye but then you see what the Lord is doing you know when he first brought this up he said he was in the garden of Gethsemane and he said to his disciples he said you guys watch and pray that you don't fall into temptation but I'm going to camp right on this the ten virgins the watching for the, what Jesus, the bridegroom. Everybody say, I'm looking for the bridegroom. And as we came to that time in our worship, Lord, pour your fresh oil all upon me, the top of my head, running through and through. Lord, I need your fresh oil. Ignite a fresh fire. Again, lift your heads. Would you do that? Here we are. And the Lord says, I want to anoint you to see. I want to anoint you. I want to carry you from intimacy into authority, into a place of perseverance that's natural to you to persevere, that it becomes natural to persevere. That's like something that you enjoy because of the love you meet when you go to persevere. That you say, yes, I will walk in the assignment. And then the Lord says, I want to show you what you will see from my perspective and I will fill you with fresh oil as you're looking for me in the midst of the darkness in the world. You're looking for what I'm doing. Everybody listen. The Lord knows everything that's going on. The Lord has a passion against the evil that is in our land and for him to drive it up and to put the roots to it things explode in the atmosphere because they're so demonic. Don't be shaken by it. Hello. The Lord is doing a work. There's such wickedness so deeply rooted. He's going to chop these things out. But we can't get shaken by it. We have to see the mighty hand of God working against the evil. Let's praise him. Come on, praise him. He is fed up. He is fed up. We want to be on his side. We're not self-righteous. We just want the divine justice from a God who loves people. 
the Lord's fed up with the wounding of little children. He's fed up. There are those who are in darkness that are going to come to the light and they will be known because the Lord is at work. Hallelujah. Let's stand together. Watch therefore that you not because you don't know the day is coming. What the last one? Let's go the last slide there. Intimacy unto authority with perseverance while watching. Would you declare that? Intimacy unto authority with perseverance while watching. Now close your eyes, just lift your heads. Father God, I thank you that you open the eyes, open our eyes in a way that we have never seen before in these days. Help us to see the work of the Holy Spirit in this place like we have never seen in the world. Help us to see. The Lord wants to encourage our hearts and make them strong during this time. Do not be weary. Do not be weary. Be strong-hearted. Be tough in standing in the, in, in the midst of this time with a, with a heart cry to the Lord because you are a virgin, the wise virgin with the oil looking for the bridegroom's return. And the Lord says, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. And in the midst of this, we're going to see him work mightily in the land. Everybody said amen. Amen. Hallelujah.